0: You know, I lost my arm and leg. Everybody in my family and friends said Chris Moon's life is over because everything in his life is about having two arms and two legs. Mm -hmm. You know, his passion is the countryside, gardening, being with animals, mountaineering, running, motorcycling, mending things. And yet um, I couldn't really do that properly anymore. So everybody thought my life was over. But it wasn't Mm -hmm. uh, because I choose to be thankful for what I have. I choose to recognize that there are so many people in the world that don't have what I have.
1: Welcome to the MacVet Podcast the show that talks about communication, cows, and coffee. I'm your host, Fiona McGillivray, and today I'm speaking to Chris Moon. Amongst other things, Chris is a motivational speaker, and I had the good fortune to hear him speak at the British Cattle Veterinary Association Congress in 2019. A key principle that Chris talks about is how we should challenge the concept of limitations in life. And as we'll discover in this interview, hopefully, Chris has certainly faced several challenging situations that many people would have struggled to cope with. In fact, a documentary about his experiences had the title, I Shouldn't Be Alive. So I'm keen to delve into what drives Chris to overcome and actually thrive in difficult situations. And I have to say... Before we went live, been told he's been interviewed by Michael Parkinson. (laughs) Feeling slightly nervous (laughs) as the interviewer this time. But Chris, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Fiona. It's wonderful to chat with you.
1: So I've already mentioned that you are a motivational speaker. But can you start by telling me a little bit more about all of your current roles and activities, please?
0: So at the moment, um I'm involved with a number of charities, but also uh, I have been speaking and running workshops to help people do what they do better. And I've, I've got an absolute passion for the process of achievement. And uh, <clears throat> it's all rooted, I guess, in where I came from in, in that I grew up farming. Um, the reality that we have to accept is that um, every year there are fewer and fewer farmers. It is a tough business margins are tighter. Um, And uh, I, in my own way, have connected with the land. I have a small holding, so I'm very happy in my own place, uh, and I'm very privileged to, to be able to be there. But at the same time, you know, for all of us, life is about finding meaning and purpose and making the best of it, because what makes us truly happy is not having things but doing things.
1: Mm-hmm. So you uh, you speak to um, at different events and you, I believe, go and help out businesses and organisations in terms of giving them the opportunity to understand how to generate motivation with their teams, et cetera. Could you tell yeah, me a little bit more yes, about I've, that?
0: I've got lots of experience on the balance of death, and, and on the limit of human endurance. And what's useful about those experiences is that there is absolute clarity and wisdom. And so um, I can share those experiences. I also did my master's in human behavior and I've worked a lot with psychologists, psychiatrists in the business schools. So I, I've always been fascinated and I guess my life has been about a search for wisdom. So I'm fascinated by wisdom and, and how we can all do more than we think. And what are the things that hold us back? So that, that's what I do now. Um, my, my background is really, I guess, farming. Um, and then I became an army officer. Uh, and then I worked for a charity clearing landmines in Asia and Africa, lost my lower right arm and leg, um, <clears throat> got written off as dead Loads of times on my Casabac, and I came back, did my first marathon within a year of leaving the hospital. And then I became the world's first amputee, ultra-distance runner. So I can put my hand on my heart and say, look, you know, I know what it's like to be down in a deep, dark hole and how mm-hmm. to climb your way out.
1: So whilst you go and speak to, I guess, many very different audiences, what would you say are some of the common elements that they're really trying to get from you uh, when they invite you along to to help work with their teams etc?
0: I would say every event I do is based on the fact that I can provide credible proof an example of the principles that I talk about so you know how we can believe in ourselves more why we should avoid being dragged down, how we can work together more effectively. And the truth and wisdom as life uh, is that it's all about human relationships. If you choose to learn, disability opens um, up a huge different dimension to life because it teaches you the true nature of human uh, relationships is about interdependence. But everything I do, I do um, with humour, good humour. Humour is one of our greatest coping mechanisms.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know we were having a bit of a giggle before <laughs> we went live. So, so yeah, I can definitely um, agree with that. I wanted to focus a little bit on your experience as a fantastic and competent uh, communicator. You mentioned already that you maybe started off after a farming uh, upbringing, yeah. you you went into the army. Um, how would you say the army set you up to have an interest uh, and recognize the importance of communication and communication skills?
0: Okay, well, I guess it was rooted in my upbringing. We moved a lot, so I went to six different schools and I ended up in my latter years being senior prefect, deputy head boy and head boy of those schools. Uh and I was given responsibility because obviously there was nobody, um nobody around who who was um available, so they just had to pick me, right? <laughs> but uh it was a tremendous experience where I learned about people, but I would also say there's quite a lot about farming that makes us bad at communication, we're isolated. And and social media, I think, is hugely important for farming communities and veterinary communities that you can actually connect with people who are in the same space as you and who ha- who face the same same challenges. So I would urge everyone to reach out if they can. But that, of course, in turn, brings another issue, which is that there are people who may not necessarily understand how to use social media and be able to have those assets which means that possibly they're going to be even more isolated so i think i think the key thing to communication is to recognize that isolation is not good for us Mm. it's not good for our mental health we need to connect with people Mm. and otherwise we we get to see things perhaps in 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 a spiral that goes down rather than in a spiral that goes up which is what we gain when we interact with others So communication, like what did I learn in the army? I learned not to take myself too seriously. And I think the importance of humor. I can save everybody the trouble of joining the army because what I learned was (laughs) the importance of not taking yourself too seriously and having a sense of humor. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at the end of the day, when I did my first marathon after I was blown up, I had no idea in 1996, how difficult that would be within a year of leaving the hospital, but I was determined to do it. And I had reasons much more important than me to do it. And as I was running around, I got to about the 11 mile point and I thought I was doing really, really well. And then I was passed by this massive guy wearing a 50 kilogram chicken suit. And I just laughed and I had a chat with him, but you know, What I learned was don't compare yourself to other people. We can only run our own race in life. And at the end of the day, we're all a bit ridiculous. So we must learn to laugh at ourselves and the irony of life. And if you're ever struggling to find anything to laugh at, just look at the people around you and it won't take long.
1: Yeah, thank you for that, that's very true. And I think that's a really strong point. Never underestimate the value of a sense of humour. Brilliant. Delving a little bit more, you've mentioned about um, being blown up and losing an arm and a leg. Um, Another situation I believe you found yourself in where communication skills were particularly useful was, uh, was following your capture by the Khmer Rouge in Cambodia. Could you tell me a bit about... The situation and I believe you had to bring your negotiation yes, skills to absolutely the
0: so uh, it was when the United Nations had their uh, peacekeeping mission in Cambodia bringing elections as a result of the Paris Peace Accord it was 1993 the United Nations guaranteed our security they said that there was nothing that the Khmer Rouge could do to get near us because they had three infantry battalions in the area it's my second day in that minefield. When we were ambushed, I was taken prisoner and um, we were not going to be held for a long time. I was arrested and I was told by the Khmer Rouge I was a military advisor to the Cambodian government and I was taken to be interrogated. Um, Prisoner handling with the Khmer Rouge consisted of interrogation, torture and execution. So I knew that the reality of our situation was that we would not be held for a long time. And I managed to persuade the Khmer Rouge commander holding us to release us. But that was so much more than verbal communication mm-hmm. yeah. about the way you behaved. But most yeah. importantly, if you're looking about communication, it's all about listening. I've been running leadership classes now for more than a quarter of a century. And I faced many, many extreme leadership challenges. And the most important asset of a leader is the ability to listen. But it is not just to listen. It is to make people feel listened to and valued and to then bring them together with a combined value, vision and mission and then to enable them to achieve their best along the way, which also involves accountability. And, uh, you know, the mark of the individual, that's what I learned as a prisoner. The mark of the individual is not what they do, it's what they do if they didn't think they would be found out.
1: Wow. Pretty unique experiences. Uh, Yeah, thank you for sharing that. So you've mentioned about the importance of listening and making the person to who you're speaking to appreciate that you're listening and understanding and that they are being heard. What are are any other really important communication skills that you'd suggest are useful for people to focus on?
0: Recognize sometimes that there are a small number of people who will hijack and just present their own view and use quite sometimes intimidating techniques to do that. We need to recognize that some people do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes people would call it bullying. Sometimes people call it being assertive. Mm-hmm. But ultimately to recognize that, you know, we need to create a space where we can all communicate and recognize that some people may not find it easy to be heard. So we need to make, mm-hmm. you know, particularly big efforts to enable them to feel listened to and to hear their views because just because somebody isn't good at being a loud voice it doesn't mean that their views are not worthy or not helpful and useful so it's about hearing views and creating an environment where you can actually have open and honest communication so i guess nowadays this would be called a growth mindset in, you know, I, I worked with the business schools for many years and psychologists and psychiatrists. So now we'd say, okay, let's create a growth mindset where we can all hear people where we have psychological safety and people are not afraid to speak up. But let's be honest, not everybody wants to hear everybody speak up. Uh, and, and so I think it's also perhaps one of the most important things to recognize is to say, well, what is it about this situation that I don't want to hear? Because naturally, if you're in a position of authority, you you will tend to perhaps filter things down into what you want to hear, but you need to have the confidence to say, well, let's listen to everyone. And then I'll be quite upfront and say, "Yep, I've heard you all. And and I I take on board what you're saying and value it. Thank you. Um, This is what I think we need to do. And these are the reasons why And let's help each other get to where we need to go. A leader is someone who knows the way, shows the way, and goes the way.
1: So what would you say you enjoy most about your work?
0: Meeting people. And and you always meet amazing people if you choose to engage with them. Mm -hmm. Um, and sharing other people's views on the bigger picture of life. Um, That's undoubtedly the best thing and and traveling and and meeting people. I love the energy of delivering live
1: Uh,
0: and I'm very extrovert and so I love being with people and I love listening to their stories and uh, life is all about people.
1: Mm What would you say your proudest achievement has been? Oh,
0: what is my proudest achievement? That is such a difficult question for a number of reasons. One, because I hope I would be naturally modest. Two, because um, I guess it's how you qualify them, uh, and and over what time frame. Okay, so surviving as a prisoner of the Khmer Rouge was against all odds surviving when I was blown up was against all odds. And I did those things on my own. Mm. Uh, Maybe some of the, uh, so I'm proud of that. And and, uh, yeah, it's also interesting because it would be something that you would be surprised at, but not everybody likes it when you cope. You know, I lost my arm and leg. Everybody in my family and friends said, Chris Moon's life is over because everything in his life is about having two arms and two legs. Mm. You know, His passion is the countryside, gardening, being with animals, mountaineering, running, motorcycling, mending things. And I guess, you know, there's a lot of people in farming who relate to that. And yet um, I couldn't really do that properly anymore. So everybody thought my life was over. But it wasn't uh, because I choose to be thankful for what I have. I choose to recognize that there are so many people in the world that don't have what I have. And I'm very lucky. I have an artificial arm and leg that are really good and functioning. Uh, so I choose to be thankful. So I guess I'm, I'm, I'm proud that I choose to be thankful and that I can recognize that we choose the way we think, but I guess I'm most proud of my friends and my family. And, the fact that I've got somebody in my life who truly loves me, my Labrador. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I have done the world's toughest ultramarathons when I was told someone like you can't do that as well. But I also use a chainsaw uh, a lot. Sadly, we were chatting beforehand about uh, I've had some really big trees blow down. And mm-hmm. if you're wondering, Fiona, how a one-armed, one-legged man uses a chainsaw, the answer is very, very carefully. I mean, Gingerly. imagine yeah. how embarrassing it would be if I turned up and said, look, I've cut some more bits off myself.
1: Yes. You wouldn't be the uh, the favourite at the hospital looking for more um, prosthetics. Probably, no. be challenging. Yeah. But no, fantastic. I mean, you have clearly got a, an immensely strong mind and mindset. What other things do you do um, to sort of help you? Because you must have challenges in the day, like all of us. How do you sort of maintain that? And what would you share with other others who maybe are struggling with with uh, potential limitations they're facing? I, know, I think we all face these
0: limitations. Things. I think one yeah. of the challenges of farming in the veterinary profession is mm. you know, the reality is we're pragmatic and life is disposable. And uh, it's very interesting because I've been talking to friends and family who are really struggling with mm. elderly relatives who are in care homes being pumped full of antibiotics when they get an illness and they have no mobility, no movement. And you kind of think we have this dilemma that, you know, if you treated your dog that way, you'd be prosecuted and absolutely rightly so. So I'm seeing a lot of friends and family now who are struggling with those issues. And so I think we also need to recognise that a lot of farming and, and I guess being a vet quite often is involving isolation, that we work alone quite a lot of the time. And I think it's really important to make time to see the bigger picture, to connect with other people, to see another perspective and to, uh, you know, join up on social media with people in in similar situations, learn to laugh at our situations, to share the, the highs, the lows, but most importantly, to make the best of life and recognize it is truly a gift that we take for granted. Don't give in to the fear. Look, the only thing to fear is fear itself. And I I have a principle in life, don't do anything through fear. That's one of the reasons I survived as a prisoner of the Khmer Rouge. And they talked about executing us six times. And on each of those occasions, it was possible to find a way to influence them. So do nothing through fear. Don't give in to the fear. There's always alternatives. Seek the alternatives. But most importantly, face difficult issues. Because once we face the difficult issues in our lives head on, they stop being so difficult. Deal with it. It's never as bad as we think. Our perception is usually far worse than having to deal with it.
1: Mm. Deal with it ask
0: for help asking for help is a sign of strength not a sign of weakness
1: mm-hmm. and it comes back to what you said earlier well at the beginning of the show which was that recognizing the value the importance of connecting with others for for strength isn't it like you say reaching out for help and support totally.
0: yeah mutual support totally
1: yeah And I'd agree with you. Social media, obviously, some people view it as just a sort of negative place, but I'm I'm with you. It gives you the opportunity to reach out and meet people that perhaps you wouldn't come across in normal day to day life. you can make extra. I think that was how we connected, wasn't it? But I think also (laughs)
0: make sure that our social media interactors are positive. You know that we interact with positive people and constructive people, and that we don't get dragged down. There's some fascinating research that people who have negative interactions on social media become even more negative and even more unhappy. So as they Mm. vent their bile, they get more bile. Who wants to be in that place?
1: Mm.
0: Let them, Mm. you know, I have a philosophy, don't fight with pigs, because you get dirty and they like it. (laughs) However, on certain occasions, I believe they should be humanely destroyed.
1: Yes, thank you for that, excellent. Um what, what I know you uh, you mentioned before that you completed a master's degree, um, which yeah. is no mean feat. Uh, having been there as well, it's a, it's a lot of effort and work, isn't it? What was what were some of the sort of biggest outputs for you from doing the masters?
0: Okay, I guess you know years and years ago when I was a farm boy, people have said to someone like you can't do that. Yes, you can, uh, and. What did I learn from it? The importance of hard work, which I learned in farming, eh? And also be open-minded, be ready to learn, to be objective, to see other views, because quite often we form our views emotively without even realizing it. So I think the biggest thing for me was recognizing, you know, I'm, I'm, I suppose now so much more self-aware than I was when I was in my late teens, early twenties. And believe it or not, you know, what I've learned is I'm very logic driven. And I guess a lot of us are in, in practical um, professions that with that background, that it has to be logical and practical. And sometimes we struggle to process if it if it isn't. But it does take all sorts and different people have different views. But also, you know, there's a great question I would ask when we look at our lives and what we do. Does it make sense? Think about our actions. Does this make sense? The way I feel about this, does this make sense? So I think it's really important. Um, that's one of the things I learned from my master's the importance of being objective and really understanding. Being blown up taught me that there are loads of people out there who think they know what goes on at a situation at which they were not present. There are loads of hindsight heroes, but actually, you know. The number of people who make the effort to understand what is going on and know what is going on is relatively small. And in our own lives, that's the challenge. Know what is going on and understand it and make the best of it.
1: Well said. So you've mentioned already about your farming background and I in addition to asking about communication, I like to ask my guests about their favourite cow breeds um, and their experiences of working with cows. And yet again, you have the background of working with cows. So you've, you've been there and done that. Can you tell me a little bit about your cow experience and share one of your favourite cow breeds? Uh, Are you allowed to?
0: Oh, I'm allowed to. OK, so I, I appreciate that. So I grew up milking Frisians uh on my uncle's farm with my cousins. And then um I uh the year before I went to Silhane, Plymouth Faculty of Agriculture, I uh milked a herd of um Frisians again and Holsteins. So look, I have a I have a a, a soft spot for Frisians and Holsteins, but also, you know i uh I caught the last end, and I still see them when I'm running around the hills where I now live in Scotland. I love shorthorns I think that that is just a, a beautiful mottled coat mm. and you know beautiful so yeah frisians and and holstein's and and um I guess I go for the leggy ones, so probably a bit more Holstein really but um yeah, and uh Shorthorns, what is not to love about
1: they Yeah, Absolutely stunning. Yes, very true. Thank you for that. And we also mentioned the third element of the uh, conversation for the podcast, coffee, before we went live. And I think this will be quite interesting to have a chat about coffee here because what I usually do is ask my guests about their coffee habits. Coffee is quite important to me. Um, but we were also mentioning about the link between ca- caffeine and stress. So my first question is: do you drink coffee? Um, yes, I
0: do. I do. And but now in a very modified way, and it's yeah. relatively recently because um this is possibly bordering on the too much information, but if I drink too much coffee, it makes me burp. Uh, so Mm. I tend to drink one cup of coffee a day and enjoy it but I don't drink too much and one of the things that I have learned from the people that I've coached over the years so I coach quite a lot of senior business people and a lot of them are saying I'm really stressed and I can't relax
1: Mm. and we
0: go through their habits and they're drinking coffee continuously throughout the day and we need to recognize that it is a stimulant and in every single case When I've got them on to peppermint tea or something else or water um, or ordinary tea and reduce their coffee intake, they've reported much lower levels of stress and much greater levels of concentration. So I love coffee. I love the concept of meeting someone for a coffee, but I keep it to one a day because otherwise I become a bit too sort of hyperactive and not as productive because the reality is, as, as you would know better than anyone, it kicks your fight, flight, fright response in. It puts you up to a level where you start to function in those uh, responses rather than being proactive. You become reactive. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, that's beautifully put. And I would uh, echo that one beautiful coffee a day. You can enjoy that coffee. Um, but as you say, you don't let it uh, take control of you by having more than one. So, yes, I, I like that habit. And it's nice to know that we're not trying to cut it out completely. It's all about... No, balance. I don't... I believe
0: I believe moderation in all things. But the other, the other problem is you don't always fancy moderation, do you? That's the nature of the human condition. So, exactly. look, if it works for some people, it works. We're all different. And, you know, mm-hmm. there are times when you... I remember being... When I was lambing, gosh, coffee was just wonderful. When you're up all night lambing or when you're carving... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah it has its place and if you are in that space then it's great but for everyday I, I don't find it helpful and I think it's how we each of us find our own balance because there are times you know when you're up all night and and yeah great bring it on
1: excellent chris is there anything else you'd like to share that you think would be interesting or useful for our listeners
0: um yeah look what I would say to everyone is, look, we're privileged to be involved in the countryside. And there are many people like us, connect with them and enjoy the journey and recognize that we are all um, we're all in need of support, but the best thing is the people we share the journey with on any journey, make the best of it, be enthusiastic. And love the place we're in, because it's a great privilege to be here. And, you know, if you look at me every morning, I've got one hand and one hook. Am I going to focus on what I have and what I'm grateful for, be thankful? Or am I going to focus on what's wrong and what I don't have? Yeah, well, I choose to be thankful. And uh, that's it. Make the best of life. And the other thing is, if anybody out there ever hears of anyone looking for a speaker And you've enjoyed it. My name is Chris Moon. If you haven't, it's still been a great privilege. And my name is Chris Akabusi.
1: Well, we'll be sure to uh, include all your contact details in the show notes, Chris, because as I say, having um, been in the audience and and heard you speak um, on stage, it was a memorable experience. And I think if anyone is looking for a motivational speaker, you would be at the top of my list. So thank you for talking to us on the podcast and sharing all your experiences and insights into not only communication, but also cows and coffee. Thanks so much, Chris.
0: Thank you so much. I hope you all have a great day. Bye.
1: Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Please follow or subscribe to the show so you can join me next time when I'll be talking more about communication, cows and coffee.